I'm TJ Walsh, and you're listening to the Bold Creatives Collective podcast. Take a front row seat to hear conversations with successful musicians, producers, actors, visual artists, designers, directors, marketers, and more, and learn about their perspectives and approach to leadership, creativity, innovation, and growth. Let's dive in. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited today because I have with us and with me and you, I don't know, Troy Hendrickson. I am so glad to have them with us today. Troy has been like a light in my life over the past several years, and I'm really excited to get to bring him to all of you to talk about just his creative life and all the different things that they have going on in the world. So Troy, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me uh, and the audience. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. For sure. So before we get going and I start like asking all of my questions that I that I ask, I would really like for those of you, for those of our listeners who don't know you, know who you are, um, can you shed some light on that and uh, give give people an idea of, of who you are, what you're about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, um, I guess most notably, a lot of people know me for Aunt Mary Pat. And um, that was a character that I created um as a joke about my mom and it just kind of took off and changed my life and um became my career and before that i was a professional drag queen and um has always i've always been involved with the arts and i went to um performing arts middle school high school and then uh film school for college so okay i've always been a creative or and a performer and then um you know got the opportunity to really make it into a career which has been amazing for me yeah. um yeah. And other than that, I'm just a, you know, a dad and a nerd and I play a lot of video games and go to Disney a lot. So right. yeah, you're, you're, you're a huge Disney adult, aren't you? I, I am. And, and you know what? I, I think we get a bad rap, but the Listen. funniest thing about that, I mean, anyone who follows me knows that if I'm not home, I'm probably in Disney. Um, the first time I went, I actually hated it and it was hot and uncomfortable and uh-huh. busy. And I was like, I never want to come back to this place ever. Right. Right. And then, um, after they reopened after COVID, me and my partner um, were doing a staycation in Fort Lauderdale. And he's like, do you want to okay. go check out Disney again? And I was like, sure, but why not? And um, <laughs> there was no one there. And I went to Epcot for the first time and I absolutely um, fell in love. And um, yeah. you know, now I've been to five out of the six parks around the world. So it's been- oh my, yeah, <laughs> Oh my God, that's crazy. That's awesome. So to just shift topics away from the wide world of Disney and into like our our real world life and experience. I have just been really blown away by your um, ability to bring people in through your character, especially Aunt Mary Pat. And for, for those of you who are listening, who aren't from the center of the universe, which is Delco and (laughs) surrounds um, Aunt Mary Pat is just someone who is, like the salt of the earth and like really like she's funny she's like she's she's always looking uh to have fun and just someone that like i was really gravitated towards and by the way like exactly like one of my own aunts who um you know like everybody can relate to her um and I, when I came across her, you and her uh, a couple of years ago, I was like, this is what we need right now in, <laughs> in the midst of all of the, 
of all of the the craziness that's going on and then i look to the culture around the around us in our society uh and drag in in particular right now and it just breaks my heart that there are people like you who are artists performers really seeking to make an impact to make a difference to raise people up and then having to go against so many headwinds um to just simply like make a living live yeah. live life uh be representative of other people in the world in humanity and you know i guess you know what i would love for you to speak to if you can is just what you see happening in our world in our society um and the importance that drag culture does have on our overall culture yeah How, like i think when i started aunt mary pat uh, especially um you know it was not like i was not performing in the regular drag scene or like the gay bars in philly right. or anything like that um i got like hurled into this world of dive bars and um you know people who probably had never considered seeing a drag show and maybe didn't consider aunt mary pat a drag queen or you know something like that right um so it was very interesting at first going into this world and I was just so excited because there were so many opportunities um, for me to go out and perform and meet people. And um, the first year, especially, like I would go in um, and there were so many nice people and, and so many um, just like connections. And then on the other side, there were so many like negative things too. Like um, it was kind of the start of Aunt Mary Pat was also the start of this, uh, you know, trans revolution. Yeah. And, uh, people hurled a lot of like, I'm not trans, uh, but people did hurl a lot of transphobic sure. remarks at me, sure. um, which really broke my heart and kind of propelled me to um, use my platform to support others and um, especially in the trans community. So every time I had an opportunity to do like some sort of fundraiser or anything like that, I always tried to allocate those funds to, um, places based out of Philly, like um, the Attic Youth Center, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and just help the people that, you know, kind of, I was taking the brunt of these comments because I was there, but I was like, right. if I can take that, then I can, you know, make sure that these people who are struggling right now get the help that they need uh, via this event that I was doing or something like that. Right. Um, and navigating that space, because I, like I said, I've, I've been in Drag Queen longer than I've been at Mary Pat. But yeah. I've always been in kind of safe spaces, um, you know, queer spaces. So uh, it really did open my eyes a lot that right. like there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the queer community um, mm -hmm. just to live, just to survive, just to perform. And so I, uh, you know, really got out there and, um, you know, tried to navigate this crazy world. And then, um, you know, COVID was really like a, a strange thing and yeah. just... Um, you know, the whole 2020 election and all these things that were happening, they all happened during the span of Aunt Mary Pat's life, I guess. Right, right. So navigating that and, you know, really 
knowing when to use your voice, knowing when like, oh, this might not be the right time to say something. And I'm a very outspoken person. <laughs> um, so it's hard for me to kind of be like, okay, maybe it's not the right time to say this here out of, um, you know, the protection of your career. But also right. I'm a person, I can't not say anything, especially when it affects my my life too. Yeah. Well, that, that's a question yeah. that I, that I do have as far as like you, you saying, you know, for, for a lot of your career or a lot of the time that you've been a performer, you have been performing within like the realms of, of friendly faces, right. Yeah. And, and um, safe spaces. And then you, you discover aunt Mary Pat and you bring her to life and you're launched into the place the places that you normally probably wouldn't take any of your other any of your other characters necessarily and with that you gained a lot of a lot of exposure in a lot of different a lot of different corners and what was you know what was it like then to as you were starting to say you're you're not you're not like a a soft-spoken person you don't kind of typically hold hold back what was it like to start having to navigate that space uh in order to make the most positive or the most impact that you could make without really causing yourself more trouble like was that a hard thing for you to learn as a performer yeah i think it's hard for anyone but like i i tried to look at it in a positive light like yeah here i am a queer person a non-binary person a drag performer and i'm on a billboard on i-95 and I'm like, that is so cool. And yeah. it's even cooler that people are looking at this and not even realizing what they're seeing. Like I got hired to be the Swiss Farms spoke person um, for a little bit. And I'm like, how cool is that? That a right. drag queer um, performer is a spokesperson for this place that people go to every single day of their lives. Right. Um, so I tried to make sure that I looked at the positives that were happening and the progress that was happening. And I tried to focus on that. And that's kind of like where I um, got, um, that's where I got encouragement from, I think. Um, And it's just like those little things. Like I won a Philly comedian of the year. And I was like, that is crazy. Like to me, like, (laughs) you know, that's just wild. And the fact that I'm doing it in drag is is even better. Um, And I, I had to, you know, really remain focused on that. And what really broke my heart is, you know, recently with the drag bands around the country and people attacking, um, you know, queer artists doing the library readings. And I've done a few myself, right. Had protests. And it's just like, it's heartbreaking. Um, especially because like, I think back when I was a kid and we didn't have anything like that. And I'm thinking like, how different could my life had been had I been exposed to that at right. a younger age and didn't grow up for, you know, five, six years feeling uncomfortable in my own skin and feeling like there was no one out there like me. Cause I, you know, I mean, probably like you, I grew up before the internet, so we didn't have, you know, you can search real quick for communities. It wasn't until I was like in high school that that was like, you know, the norm. Um, So I think like we're making amazing progress in that respect, but it also brings a lot of ugly out of so many people and it does i try to focus like on the positive like i get sure so many messages from people saying i my daughter came out as trans and i 
probably would not have reacted in a positive way without mm -hmm. Aunt Mary Pat kind of, you know, educating wow. me a little bit. Wow. And yeah. that's, that's really what this is about. And that's what I like to focus on as a performer. Um, you never know whose life you're impacting um, in a really positive way. And right. I think that's like, if you can do that, that makes it worthwhile to me. Oh, 100%. I totally agree. I think it is so important to be focusing on those positive, like milestones, those each each encounter that you have with a mom or a dad who, you know, is able to relate to their kid because of the work that you're doing yeah. through you know, your, your comedy essentially. Um, and just being, bringing this character to life and also being you as well at the same time is, is so important. And at the same time, the work you're doing on the, uh, to expose the shadow side of, of all of it is so important as well to say like, look, this is, this is also going on and all, and our kids are living without any way of like navigating that oppression, that harassment, um, and they're living in fear. And so exposing that and then being able to turn it around kind of clandestinely through this like Eagles loving mom <laughs> <laughs> is, yeah. is a really powerful mechanism a really amazing use of artistry um that i think we need we need more and more of um because that's how change happens right yeah. through you know through through the creative arts through performance through music through all of that it works at a much deeper level than maybe we realize. And it goes much further than being super heavy handed all of the time and trying to like knock heads together and get people to change. Yeah. And I, I think uh, the reason why Aunt Mary Pat works so well um, is because like I base it off my mom and my mom is that person and you know, she's super supportive. Yeah. She's kind of rough around the edges. She has a raspy voice. And I think you said it earlier, like salt of the earth kind of person. But yeah. so welcoming and so accepting. And um, I am so fortunate to have had her as a parent yeah. um, in my life growing up. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like where the character was based off of. And I think that's why um, it is so relatable and it is kind of like comfortable. It, it's, it makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even though it's a comedy character and, you know, she cusses and, drinks and smokes a lot and says shit but like you know it's <laughs> it, it does make you feel uh good and that was always like my intention with it is because my mom is that person yeah um you know not maybe not to that extreme but uh you know it is definitely like that person that right um you can come to and you do feel safe with and you do feel um comfortable to be yourself around and i think that's like it's like art imitating life imitating art you know yeah totally so yeah, I think I've heard you talk, you know, I think I've heard you tell stories about your mom and your relationship with her uh, over the years through different um, interviews you've done or just posts you've had or interactions you have with your mom that you put on social. Um, but has it always been the case that, you know, she was so accepting of you as a queer kid, as someone who was, you know, going through the journey of 
trying to find themselves and and discover who they were or were there were did you have to kind of win her over and 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 make contact with her in a way um to establish the relationship you have today um i mean i grew up and i mean i was just one of those kids like there was no denying how gay i was um <laughs> yeah. you know I, I remember like one of my earliest memories i uh i think it was first grade i was like i power rangers were everything at that time and i was like oh, yeah. i, I want to be the pink power ranger okay she was like no you can't do that and i was like but i want to i want to be the pink power ranger she goes well how about red and i was like oh, fine and they were sold out of the red costume so i got the blue power ranger who uh -huh. flash forward you know 30 years he comes out as gay but I was like, I didn't want the blue. I wanted the pink and I had a meltdown. Right. Um, I remember like wanting Sailor Moon dolls that had like the brushable hair. They were kind of like Barbies. Yep. And I like in my brain, I'm like, well, it's not a Barbie. It's an action figure because she's a superhero. Yeah. So can I get it? And she's like, no, no, no. And I think it was just more, you know, in like, especially in the 90s, it was just mm -hmm. like she knew gay people and she was friendly with gay people. But like it was kind of that weird navigating you know, um, so when I first came out, I was very young. I was 14 um, and I I just knew and I had, you know, I had talked to people who were out and I was like, um, I really want to tell my mom and I'm, I'm really scared. They were like, so write her a letter. And I, the whole week leading up to it, I was like acting very strange because I was like dealing with this in my head and right. trying to go about it. And um, she came home one night and she was like, why are you acting this way? And I was like, well... And I just like blurted it out and, you know, she was kind of taken aback mm -hmm. and she was kind of like, didn't know what to say. And it was like one day, one full day. And then she was like, okay, let's go to Barnes and no or Borders, books and music and huh. buy some gay books. And, you know, then she got me rainbow bookends and then she became like, uh, you know, the super mom for, you know, queer kids and wayward queer kids that, right. She always invited him into her house. She was like, this is a safe space. She reminded me of Deb from Queer as Folk. That's who she okay. became, you know. Okay. Um, and uh, I couldn't have I couldn't have asked for anything more than that. So there was like a you know, a little bit of a transitional period, but it was like a, a day, honestly. Right. I never grew up is like being discouraged from being myself. Mm -hmm. um i used to put on shows and performances like at five years old six years old in my house and yeah made my family watch and stuff like that so it yeah. was definitely like a, a a very positive experience and because of that i always wanted to make sure that other people um had a safe space around me and my family and they could be who they were and you know a lot of friends always came over and um just to be able to like breathe and be comfortable for a little bit you know an escape really so that is yeah. so that's so important. I'm so glad to hear that you know you you your experience with your with your mom was and is what it is because you know it's just it just doesn't happen like that with with kids. I work with I work with queer youth all of the time in my practices and um I can tell you that to have someone who takes who who just instantly almost um doesn't skip a beat and says okay let's go figure it out let's let's like learn together and i'm with you um is a really special and really important thing to have happen yeah. you know and and then that your mom was able to become 
a surrogate of sorts for other kids who were um who were going through that process and finding themselves and establishing their identity um is she's a rock star in, in my book yeah it's, it's really amazing and i i just had this like conversation the other day and i'm like all these parents who have kids and um they come out as trans or, or queer or you know whatever the case is and don't accept them and i'm thinking there's so many good people out in this world mm-hmm. who have kids and they don't have a queer or trans kid when they can like you know they would love to you know protect them and, and give them a safe space but i i think that's like the journey of, of being a human and being a parent is you have to adapt and yeah um a lot of parents out there i think they have this expectation when they have a child of what they're going to become. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it is a disappointment of, uh, of a reality that they imagine. Yeah. Um, and I, I really hope that anyone out there who decides to have a, have a kid uh, just do some research and, and just know that it's a possibility that your kid could be different than you. And yeah. it's, it's not a problem. It's not anyone's fault. It's just, it's just who people are. And, um, you know, I think our generation is moving in the direction where everyone's a little more accepting and a little more prepared to have those conversations and, you know, raise kids authentically if they're gay, if they're not gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just glad, like, like I said, I had, I had that, that mom who raised me that way and I have two kids, so I'm yeah. you know, raising them that way. And, Unfortunately, I think both of our kids are straight and, you know, it's just <laughs> our son, actually, we, we made a joke about it. He's 18 now, but last year, um, you know, we were just talking and he was like, I have to tell you guys something. I'm like, what? And he's like, straight. And we we're like, no. <laughs> so you're was, going, you're going through that reverse grieving process then. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. He came out and I was like, well, we still love and accept you, but I, we just right. need some time to process this. Right. You know, <laughs> right. it, we were obviously joking, but it was just, right. you know, so funny. Yeah. Um, you know, just to have that kind of reversal. <laughs> right. Right. Well, isn't that the way it's going to be though? You know, like you, <laughs> you prepare for something and then it turns out completely different. I think, yeah. and, and for, for a lot of parents, I think most parents um, that I know that I've worked with all want to do right by their kids, but it is that thing that, comes up with them where they're where they're planning in their mind in their heart whatever one way and then all of a sudden their kid throws them for a major loop and all of this stuff that we don't realize maybe sometimes that is just like hiding behind the rocks um, comes out that we have to deal with and some of us choose to deal with it and are good at dealing with it others of us have a really hard time and other of us others of us just want to ignore the fact that there's something to deal with and that's where the pain really kind of occurs but for any parent when they realize that their kid is going to be different than them either in the ways that we're talking about right now or in you know some other random inconsequential way um, than they are have to go through and do go through you know, a period of grieving and it's how do we deal with that process of grief and realizing that our kid or kids are their own person. They're their own, you know, uh, manifestation of energy in the world. And they need to be able to, to be that if, if we want to see them succeed and 
you know, fulfill the dreams that we even have of them to begin with. Yeah. Um, I think like when, when, when kids are brave enough to come out, um, you know, the, it can be a parent's initial reaction to overreact and that causes, you know, a dynamic shift where the kid feels like they can't trust their parent anymore. Where right. I, I try to give this as advice to all parents out there. You know, when they talk to me like, oh, I think my kid's gay or I think my kid's trans, like, hey, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, even if you don't understand and let's say you're just not familiar or you don't have enough information yet. Right. They tell you this, you know, mom, dad, whatever I'm, this i was like take a breath first don't speak yet process it and just say hey like i don't have enough information on this yet i need a moment but i love you um you know and i i think so many parents you know overreact and like for me my gender journey was like very different um even though i was out as gay and i was in a safe home and i i could be who i was there's a lot of shame around um you know i remember like growing up I, me and my friend we would go into his aunt's room and put on our clothes and dance around and i we knew like we knew we weren't allowed to or you know right. were made to feel like we weren't it wasn't um, appropriate, appropriate or acceptable mm-hmm. yeah and um that was like these things sit in my head and at 30 like i was like i'm non-binary you know i am um you know mostly masculine presenting but like they're obviously i'm a drag queen and i have I dressed in you know women's women's clothing for you know a lot of my life performing and I have been on that journey of like self-discovery like I've always kind of been um you know played with masculine and feminine things and that's just somebody that I've I've always been um but it wasn't until I like really this kind of like revolution I say and it's it happens with teens like they were so brave to like talk about like they're non-binary and they're on a gender discovery. And that was like, I'm 30 years old and I'm being inspired by, you know, teenagers to kind of like put words to it and really accept myself and know that it's okay. And, you know, it's really awesome to see. And um, I know it's a lot of like, a lot more people are talking about it. So it's more comfortable. And I've seen on the other side, people say, Oh, everyone's the media's turning everyone trans and non-binary. <laughs> no, we've always been that way. We just didn't feel comfortable talking about it. Right. We this just feel is not new. Being ourselves, you know. Yeah, but the kids, the kids today, right? Like they're making, they're clearing this path that has been trying to be cleared for so long. But they're doing such an amazing job at it. I look at, I look at these kids or these young adults. Who are just like out there just being really brave and and saying this is this is who we are and this is what is not acceptable anymore in the world and how we treat people and how we embrace other people and they're just like blasting through it but that is that cannot be easy yeah <laughs> right? i think you know i i think back to my time in you know middle school and high school and I did and said things that still shock me to this day, as far as like standing up to adults and, um, Mm. you know, calling things out when they weren't right. And um, I'm like, who was that person? Because I really, you know, I probably could have got punched several times, but, you know, I remember like even like one of the earliest things for me and it's kind of like different, but in the same realm, I was 14 and 
my parents have always been like kind of blase about religion. You know, it's always been like, yeah, we went to church when we were little, like we believe in God. I think right. like we're, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't think I do. And I pretty sure like I'm an atheist. And my mom at the time was dating this guy who came from a very like Italian Catholic family uh-huh. and they were like talking about religion and like, what about you? And I was like, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. And they're like, oh! <laughs> like, it was so taboo. And I was like, okay. Like, you know, it was like, it's not that big of a deal. Like we're just, we have different beliefs. It doesn't mean your beliefs are invalid. It just means my beliefs are also valid, you know? Yeah. And uh, you know, that's like the kind of conversations that we're having uh, these days. And um, whether it's, you know, gender or otherwise i think just to loop it back around seeing like drag on tv is something that probably wouldn't have really happened you know 30 years ago uh sure. aside from rupaul right. occasionally on tv um right. but to see so many out performers and you get kind of all these different perspectives and um it really does change the conversation and it and it it's clears the path to make it socially acceptable where people are exposed to it now they're comfortable with it now and it, it's not as like shocking uh anymore when you know a person who's different is walking down the street or two right. men are holding hands or right. you know a, a lesbian couple is raising their child it's not right. like <gasps> it's more right. like, oh yeah, yeah that's cindy and her wife you know martha or whatever so right. it's, it's, right. it's really cool yeah and they're normal amazing people doing amazing things in the world raising a child right like mm-hmm. this is this is this is life happening and that that pearl clutching kind of that uh is happening less and less with more with more normalization and more exposure to different different people and their ways of life yep and so what would you what would you say troy for people who like young kids teens young adults whatever um who are looking to express themselves and to maybe enter into the the world of drag and performance is that something that is an easy thing to get involved with as someone who is exploring or you know is it something that you have to kind of know somebody to get into um, I mean, it always helps to know someone. And uh, I, for me, I, I remember like I was at my very first drag show it was Miss Miss Gay Delaware, two thousand three, okay. and I'd never been to a drag show before. I was nineteen, I think, and I was just in awe. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is you know fascinating." And then um, RuPaul's Drag Race came out, and I think that really changed yeah. the, the conversation. So. Um, you don't really have to know someone, but it does make it easier to kind of bounce ideas and um, questions off of, but really just, uh, just have a, a, a desire to try and you may discover it's not for you, but right. you definitely have to try if it's something that piques your interest. Um, and I, I, I try to express this, especially with new performers, like there's no wrong way to do drag, right? right. Some people like to do it just to take pictures for Instagram. Some people like to perform on a stage. You don't have to. Mm-hmm. Some people just like, you know, sitting at home and doing makeup and that's all fine. You just have to yeah. find what works for you. And yeah. um, that's like, just just explore and, and discover and ask questions and, uh, you know, immerse yourself in media. And there's so much out there right now that you 
you could literally watch drag for the rest of your life and watch something new every time. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's really cool to see uh, changed over the last 20 years or so. Um, so yeah, I definitely say if you have a desire to do it, or even if it just fascinates you or piques your interest, just go for it. And, you know, um, find people out there that you can bounce ideas off of and, you know, ask for advice and maybe say like, you know, the first time I ever did my makeup I was like, how does it look? And they're like, terrible, take it <laughs> off and start again. And I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> right. Right. There is that, 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 that mentorship there, right. That like, that that teaching don't don't go out and make a fool of yourself go start over. <laughs> yeah. go start over your yeah. hot mess exactly yeah yeah so i know that you have recently at the be- well maybe not recently now cuz we're already in september almost but at the beginning of this year you did announce that you were going to be putting aunt mary pat into retirement Mm-hmm. Um, she's leaving, she's leaving the Acme and is heading into retirement. Right. Yeah. And what was that like? I mean, because really she was at a, at a spot in her trajectory that she could have kept going for, for a long time, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so what, what was the thought process there to say, I'm at the I'm at a really amazing place right now with this character, this career, but I need to make a different decision. I need to pivot. Yeah. What, what was that thought process like? And what are you planning? Um, So for me, I'll take it back a little bit. Uh, When COVID happened and I was performing full-time for about two years at that point, um, I had all this stuff lined up. I did my first national dates, you know, yeah, my fish out of water tour and took yeah. Mary Pat out of the tri-state. Um, I was like, this is amazing. This is like where my life needs to be. This is like exactly what I want to do. Uh, COVID happened and uh, we were stuck in the house for a month and I was like doing some online videos and I was like, oh God, this is my full-time job. I'm going to run out of money. I'm going to, you know, I don't know what to do. I'm freaking out. Yeah. And um, I ended up developing really bad anxiety attacks um i had uh i went to afib and had to get my heart shocked back into rhythm wow and that was like really like a terrifying moment and i like um from there like after the anxiety got really depressed and um you know started working that out through therapy and Mm -hmm. um medication and you know finding what works for you and got to a really good place. And then, you know, once we were allowed to start performing again, um, I went like full throttle, you know, I did seven, eight shows a week and yeah, uh, was working um, nonstop. And by the end of last year, I was like, I am so burnt out. Like I, I, I miss all these, uh, you know, family events and I mm-hmm. haven't seen my friends in months and yeah. my poor kids are probably feeling neglected and, um, I probably haven't, you know, sat down for dinner in a while. And it was just like all that stuff built up inside my head. And right. I just felt so overwhelmed. And I was like, I can't do this forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just kind of had the conversation with myself and my manager. And I was like, I am really burnt out. And the worst that can happen is I can take a break and come back. Um, 
And it, but if I don't do this, I'm going to lose my mind and end yeah. up in a really dark space. And I'd already been there before. And I'd like, I don't want to go back there yeah. again. Um, so I, I made this decision to give her a proper send off and do this, you know, national tour. And we went from March until June and, mm. um, we had booked a cruise at the, at the end of June. Okay. So it was like, I already have a firm end date because I have right. to be on this cruise. So I right. know I'm going to go until this point, but it was almost nice to have that to look forward to, where I could say like, I know the end, you know, the end is in sight, so I'm not getting burned out. I'm actually having fun with this again. Um, yeah. And I'm really enjoying myself. Like I'm traveling around, I'm meeting people, um, but I have that end date. I have yeah. my goal. So uh, I can reach my goal, you know? Um, yeah. And it was just like kind of that decision. It was like prioritize my mental health or, yeah. you know, try to, you know, keep going without burning myself out. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was the right decision for me, uh, for sure. And it was a hard one, but it was, I, I knew like in my heart that, that was going to be uh, what I needed to do. And yeah. so uh, that's what I did. And I, uh, yeah, I've been spending the summer traveling and uh, just hanging out with friends and seeing my family and, you know, taking the kids, you know, to the movies and yeah. just like sitting down and not worrying about things for a little bit. Right. Um, which is nice. Um, even before I married Pat, like I worked two, three jobs and went to school um, for five years. So I never had a moment to just like breathe, to breathe, know? to relax. Yeah. So it was definitely like uh, very needed. And it, like, um, as far as what's next, I have some ideas that I'm playing with, but like I told myself after you know, the last date on the Aunt Mary Pat farewell tour, like I am not doing anything until like Labor Day. After Labor Day, I'll sit down and I'll I'll make a plan and I'll work on what's next. But right. I, I needed to give myself that time just to recover and relax and sleep in and pet my yep. cats and <laughs> play yeah. video games. Do you need time to like just exist for a little while, yeah. right? And you've been pushing that. So I like what you what you said was so important. Like the worst thing that could happen if I put Mary Pat Aunt Mary Pat to, you know, the side is that I take a break and I bring her and I bring her back. Yeah. Like, you know, but if I don't do that, then me, Troy is going to be the one who just like suffers and loses, loses your mind. Like you said. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people feel this pressure, like from, um, from all of these external sources to keep pushing and to keep like developing new material and to keep making new things. And like, if, if they stop, then they're just going to, then that's how they're going to unravel. Right. Yeah. But you were, I mean, maybe it wasn't automatic, but at some point you were clear minded enough to say, no, the way I'm going to unravel is if I don't take care of myself, the way that I'm not going to be able to be a creative person um, and also a person who is lives a full life in all these other ways is if I don't stop creating for a little while and take a, and take a rest yeah. and hearing someone like you who has been right so um, generative in their create in their creation and in their art and in their um, in the energy they put out into the world give permission to themselves to do that um, I think is 
going to help so many people who hear this who are struggling with oh my gosh if i if i don't keep going if i don't keep pushing then that's going to be the end of me nothing else is going to come from come from that after i do that yeah you're giving them permission to do that um and by holding by saying oh it's not labor day yet so i can't tell tj what's going on because <laughs> i thought about it necessarily right is also a really important thing for people to hear too that like setting boundaries setting deadlines setting like markers for yourself um in order to take care of yourself is important and essential yeah and i think like especially for me i'm learning like i have to you know if i like almost give myself a gift right like i said earlier having that trip to look forward to really made my job fun again um but like especially with creative stuff when it stops being fun um i think for me that's when i know i have to take a step back and say like hey you know um even with drag i did it for a while and it, it stopped being fun and i was like i don't want to do this anymore yeah so i'm not um and then i you know i kind of discovered that i loved it again and um i i think that's it's just like having those those conversations with yourself like i love to write but and I used to write like every single night. And then I was like, this feels like I have to do this. Yeah. Let me take a break from that real quick and yeah. find something else, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think that's just being, you know, a creative person or, or just having a creative outlet um, yeah. is, is, is something that has to be enjoyable to you. It has to be something that you want to put out into the world. Even if no one's watching, if you do it for yourself, it should feel good. And when it doesn't feel good, you probably should just, take a step back and yeah that's how to reevaluate yeah it's always been very important to me too um and i um yeah I'm, I'm really grateful that i was able to kind of tap into that mindset um and even like just going to therapy and working that out um kind of like having that light bulb moment where i was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> i get it right. now um, right. it was really important to me awesome yeah. Hey, Troy, thank you so much for taking this time to give us a little bit of an idea of where you've come from, what you're what you've been up to, and also to really shed some light on the importance of taking care of yourself and care of your mental health um, so that you can make the impact on the world that that you that you want to make. So I really do appreciate this conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Everybody, this has been the Bold Creators Collective podcast. I'm TJ. As usual, I haven't changed. And this is Troy. And I really look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode. 